Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Believe in Bears podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. What is up, Believers, and what is up, Bear Down Nation? I'm Cameron Lee. And I am Joey Christopoulos, and today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. The wait is finally over. Football is back. And look, you might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on all the action on BetOnline. Look, do you not trust Mitch Trubisky for a half, let alone a snap? Try their live betting app so you can still hammer that three-and-a-half underdog for the Bears and still maybe make some cash back in the second half if it isn't going your way. Or you could extend it to a 10-point lead. Ha-ha, take that, Atlanta. And from game spreads and totals to team and player coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. There is always that online casino as well. It never closes. So head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Cameron, week three, Bears versus Falcons. Yeah, and so we've got a lot to get into with this game, but of course, uh, we wouldn't be Bears fans if we didn't at least mention the passing of uh, Bears great uh, Gail Sayers. Sad day from Bears history, right? You know, these this is the player, an iconic Bears running back, the first Bears running back. And I think me and you can both attest that we never watched him play. We only look at the stats, career cut short. But if you have a father, uncle, grandfather, grand, great-grandfather that lives in the Chicagoland area, they will tell you the tall tales of how amazing Gail Sayers was and how he could have been, he already is an all-time great, but how he could have been held in either even higher esteem. But yeah, sad week for Bears fans. He was a great player. Yeah, definitely. He's one of those guys that when you go back and you do get to see some of that old film and they're playing that, um, that NFL films, you know, the historic, uh, the historic, you know, music, the track over it, and, and you're just watching him run, and it almost just seems like the perfect combination. He's just one of those super exciting guys and was way ahead of his time the way he played. And obviously the Bears, the Bears community, but really the football community in general, just uh, lost a great man. He will definitely be on the minds of Bears fans this weekend and probably the players too as well. But let's hope the players are also focused on this Atlanta Falcons team. They're traveling to Atlanta. They're 0-2, backs against the wall. They've scored a ton of points with no wins to show for it, and the Bears are coming in looking to go 3-0. and This can go in a lot of different directions, Cameron. Yeah, I think the funny thing, though, when you look at this matchup is that we're looking at two teams that really could not be more different. You know, we've got a 2-0 Bears team that is largely sought at or, you know, seen as a, uh, a team that maybe should be 0-2 or very possibly could be, and then we have a – a Falcons team that is offensively, you know, putting up some incredible numbers. And a lot of people would say that 0-2 is just is bonkers for them, especially given the way that they've played in some of these games. So, you know, this is going to be a really interesting matchup, and it's a matchup of two teams that play very differently and have different skill sets. And, I mean, I think we're going to get ourselves into a, a really fun and interesting matchup, and I'm excited to watch this one. As a Bears fan, I'm already pretty jacked. I've already seen enough of – the word bears and fraud in the same sentence this week throughout all the national headlines and articles. And I've had enough shots fired. We hear you. And look, this is a big test for the bears. You were talking last week about how these teams haven't had preseason and limited practice time. These first two games sloppy have been able to put a full game together. I think after two games, am I wrong that this week three, we should start seeing the bears team that we're hoping to see for the rest of the season. Yeah, you got to think that at this point that uh, you start to figure out the the chemistry and the way, you know, the way this team is going to operate. And then we're kind of getting to the point in the, in the year where, like, you know, what you see is what you get. And so hopefully we've kind of gotten past some of those 
early game jitters and working out the kinks of this whole thing. And we've kind of ironed it out and we're going to put together, you know, potentially maybe three whole good quarters and if we're lucky four, but I think that's really what the bears need to really focus on moving forward is, is getting past that, those early season hiccups, if you will, and start to put together entire games. And when we're talking about the Falcons, let's just start with talking about Matt Ryan and that offense. What have you seen through those first two games? They're scoring a ton of points and Matt Ryan not a sexy pick in the fantasy drafts, not a guy that people talk about a whole lot anymore, but this is a seasoned pro who year after year gets it done and leads an explosive offense over and over and over again, and they're off to a great start. Yeah, Matt Ryan is one of those super consistent, undervalued, underappreciated guys who just shows up and shows out and continues to throw touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. And through two weeks, I mean, this offense has been explosive and they've they threw for four touchdowns and zero interceptions last week. I mean, against Dallas and, and, you know, they've got great weapons and this team is definitely one that, you know, the bears need to need to have their, their radar up and, and be ready to come out and play against, because I mean, this team is one that can put up points in abundance. And, you know, they, like we said, they've been 0 two through these first two weeks, but they've played far superior teams to what the bears have seen thus far in the high powered Seahawks offense and the high powered Cowboys offense and look, I mean, you know, the, the Seahawks game wasn't necessarily as close, but the, the lead that they were able to jump out at two against the Cowboys and the effort and maybe the, the mental breakdown that it took for them to end up losing that game. I mean, still, they jumped out to a huge lead against a very high-powered team. I think the really important thing to take away from this is that this offense is going to put up points. I think that is a given, and even a, a great defense like the Bears possess isn't going to stop that. The really important thing to focus on this week is that the Bears don't allow them to get so far ahead of them that they're not really in position to come back. I don't expect the Bears to be able to do what they did week one you know, against these better opponents, and I would say the Falcons are a far better opponent than the Lions. And so you know, we don't want to be in that position. We don't want to be in comeback position. So making sure that this team comes out ready and prepared and, and on the defense side of the ball is in a position to keep this thing close is, is really, is really where I think they need to put all their focus. And that's been the hardest part about figuring out these Falcons this week, doing prep for them is they're Owen two. They do dumb things at times, you know, special teams was the big one last week. Everyone's talking about that onside kick, but again, they, it feels a little bit like bears walking home from a bar down an alley and see an old alley falcon and you're like oh is this poor falcon injured and they go to you know perhaps just massage it and pick it up and this thing will claw your eyes out because they've played they've played two really good teams so far they didn't play them super close in seattle but they were able to put some points on them and they literally had i mean they were up 26 7 they were up 29 10 at one point against dallas and they just blew that game so it's going to be a really interesting test, not just for the Bears defense, for the Bears offense, like you said, to keep up with the Falcons in Atlanta this week. Yeah, don't overlook this team by any means. I mean, that's really the point we're trying to hit home is here is that the Bears are far from a proven 2-0 and and the Falcons are far from a proven 0-2. Uh, so, you know, like we said, the Falcons have some awesome weapons. We talk about Matt Ryan, we talk about Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, even Todd Gurley is a nice Nice addition to that backfield. So this team is going to put up points. That much is a given. And even this Bears defense, they're not going to be able to keep them off the board in it and you know entirely. And can the Bears capitalize on this on this lackluster Falcons defense? And with our defense, it's it's almost a situation of we don't know if we can stop them. We just hope that we can contain them. And so that's why we're gonna hit now week three, Cam's Keys, brought to you by betonline.ag. Cam's keys to a Bears victory. 
You've been doing pretty great. You've been nailing these. You've been nailing these recently, man. So I'm excited to hear what you got. What's your first key to the Bears' success in week one? So the first thing that we need to do is we need to make the Falcons run the ball and make the Falcons beat the Bears on, on the ground. And why I say that is because we have mentioned it multiple times in this podcast already, how successful they have been going to the air. And you're not going to stop Julio Jones, whether he plays or not. You're not – you just won't stop him, you know, entirely. You may be able to keep him out of the end zone as a as a Julio Jones owner in fantasy. I can tell you, he, he doesn't score touchdowns, but, man, does he put up yards. But Calvin Ridley, uh, Hayden Hurst, I like a lot of the guys on this offense. And, and they can be, you know, big threats through the air. I think if they get to the point where this becomes a shootout and it's – Let's our gunslinger versus your gunslinger. I don't like that for the Bears. I want to make this game into a ground and pound type of type of matchup. And you know, let's see if if Todd Gurley and this running game can get going and take out this Bears this Bears defense. And so that would be a big emphasis for us is to come out and make sure that we are we are you know not having any sort of mental breakdowns in the defensive coverage. Try and limit everything. Try and keep this game uh, into into this running attack because I think that the Bears can win that battle. Let's timestamp this real quick. We are recording this on Thursday night. As we know of right now, Julio Jones is questionable with that hamstring. Word is that it got a little bit worse last week. They don't know if he's going to play on Sunday, but guess what? If you've ever played in a fantasy league, Julio Jones, his, his real name is Julio Jones Q because he is the walking questionable. So I'm not doubting for a second that he's probably going to suit up this week. There's a couple things that scare me. Julio Jones, career zero touchdowns against the Bears. That stat automatically scares me. Hayden Hurst versus our linebackers. There's articles out this week. We hit on it in our post game about Danny Trevathan. They're actually cutting down on his snaps. They're saying they want to preserve him for the long season, but let's be real. He just isn't really covering ground out there. So the Hayden Hurst matchup scares me a little bit there, but Todd Gurley, the ball in his hands, I feel like that we have a shot to win the game that way. He doesn't necessarily scare me anymore. He's not quite the passing threat that he was out of the backfield as he was in seasons past. So I'm with you. If you can make them, you know, a little bit more one-dimensional, they're one-dimensional vertically. If we can make them more one-dimensional on the ground, I think that works to our favor too. It eats the clock on both sides of the ball. And I think the Bears maybe want to shorten the game in this situation and play more of their style of football. Absolutely. And, and we mentioned, we've talked about it, but I really think it's important to keep mentioning, you know, after you go back and you watch the film and you break down this Bears team defensively, Danny Trevathan has not has not looked very good. He's looked slow. And this is an off- offense that we talk about with the Atlanta Falcons that, that will torch guys over the middle, that will torch people if you're not, you know, in the right positions and if you can't keep up. And as we, as we watch this, I wouldn't be surprised uh, as they continue to see less and less Danny Trevathan if we see more and more sub packages, if we see more Deion Bush. They want Danny Trevathan on the field because he provides leadership and he provides knowledge. And, and he's a guy that has been out there and has earned his spot, but is also – it just does not seem to to be himself through two weeks thus far. And this would be a game where I would expect to see a lot less of him. And I think that might be to the Bears' advantage. Yeah, for a guy like Danny Trevathan right now, how small is that gap? You were talking about knowledge on the field. So a guy that can recognize and make calls pre-snap can be worth its weight in gold sometimes. But the way that he's playing right now, I mean, that, how small is that gap? I mean, razor thin or is there still a little room where him being on the field is still helpful? It's a, it, you might have to make the sacrifice. We talk a little bit about, and I'm, pro, I'm probably going to butcher the last name, but his backup or, or replacement and uh, Joel Iabunwe. I don't know. I've been trying Joel to, O. Joel O. Right, so I've been trying to say that, or Josh Woods, or guys like this that are a little bit more athletic. You know, the scouting report was 
these are more athletic players who need to get more in, in the playbook and, and master some of those concepts. It's a sacrifice, but at some point you, it's one that might be necessary. And to have someone who may be a little bit more raw, but might be able to cover a little bit better and make some of these plays. And, you know, maybe it's not, maybe he might make up and make an error here or there, but if he can also make up for errors here and there and cover guys down the field a little bit better, it might be worth it. And so I think that's something that we're going to see a little bit more of as they continue to limit Danny Trevathan and they're saying that it's going to be saving him for later in the season, but it might just be a matter of, you know, really sometimes, sometimes the wheels fall off and sometimes you might need to start going a different direction. So uh, I, I, like I said, I, I think we'll continue to see more Dion Bush and see more of that sub package because that's the, that's the way the Falcons want to play. And if we start to see some of these younger guys, Josh Woods or Joel, do we want to try it again? Oh, maybe so. Be it, maybe that's what uh, that's what's necessary. Now, Danny Trevathan, I think if we're playing a, another team that's you know c- going to come out and run the ball 30, 40 times a game, you know he he has a place there. He has a he has a, a definitely a value there, and his expertise and his ability to play against the run is definitely worth it and def- definitely a value. But this Falcons offense, I, I'm nervous about a veteran in that position. Cam's first key, get the ball out of Matt Ryan's hands and get it into the Falcons running game. My first key, it's a phrase that I want to use for this segment here, and it's something that Khalil Mack was mic'd up in week two, got a chance to watch it. Actually really fun watching one of my favorite Chicago Bears actually talk because he doesn't meet with the media a lot. He's not a big soundbite guy, but in the first 10 to 15 seconds, he said something so interesting. And you can read it in a lot of different ways, but he goes up to Mitch Trubisky, wraps his arms around him, and he says, make you respect me. And he said it in, I feel like, you know, hey, let's go inspirational way, but this segment is called Make You Respect Me. And this goes out to Mitch Trubisky this week, where right now, the, worst, the, the quarterback that has the most inaccurate passes in the NFL is Carson Wentz. Number two, our boy Mitch. So here's the deal. We're going into Atlanta. Everyone thinks that we're a fraud. The guy does have five touchdowns through two games so far. And I think this is a big game for him to just go out. And I say make you respect me. It means just show them, show the Falcons that you're a threat, man. Make them account for you. Make them account for your legs. It's no secret that we're going to need points in this game. You know, the Falcons give up, I believe, 390-something passing yards through the first two games on average. Mitch Trubisky averaging 219 right now. If you can give me somewhere in the middle of right there, I think we got a chance to win. And Mitch Trubisky this week, you don't have to out-duel Matt Ryan. You don't have to be the best quarterback in the NFL. Just make Bears fans respect you this week and put an honest effort. Mitch is tired of hearing that. He's got to be tired of, you know, our team's 2-0, but do we believe in the quarterback? Do we believe in this? Is this a fluke? I mean, I know I would, and this is a game where you can really prove it. The people, whether the Falcons are 0-2 or 2-0, people respect them, at least at least as a team as a whole. Maybe it's not the best defense, but it's one that you should be able to go out there and take advantage of. And if you go out there and put up the same numbers that, you know, that people are kind of expecting of you to, to throw around 200 yards per game, it's going to be really disappointing. You know, this is a team that you should be able to take advantage of. It's a weak secondary. It's in, it's in There are injuries all over all over their injury report. It, you're going to have plenty of time. So, I mean, go out there and take advantage of this. And like you said, make him respect you. The constant thought that is going to be in Bears fans' minds on Sunday as they're watching the Falcons with the ball is that the Falcons are going to keep coming and they're going to keep coming and they're going to keep coming. And until the game is over, you know, we're going to be on the edge of our seats, making sure that they don't, you know, pop a huge play. I want 
the Bears to have Falcons fans feeling like that, at least, you know, in that third quarter midway through, still thinking that we're moving the ball, still thinking that we, we're a player or two away from putting another score on the board. That's what's going to keep us competitive. That's what's going to put the Falcons on their heels. And look, that Falcons defense, they are banged up right now, and also they're not very good. So this is another matchup for Mitch to go out there and prove that he can be the starting quarterback that we all want him to be. Not a pro bowler, but just a dude that can have success within an offense, which I think Matt Nagy's calling a pretty decent scheme for him right now. It's time to execute. And that's going to lead me right into my second key, which is beating up on a subpar defense. And, you know, I, I say it every week that you got to come out and establish the run. This is a really bad defense. This is a really bad defense. It's a bad defensive line. They're bad when they're healthy, and they're not even healthy. And so – Grady Jarrett is obviously a defensive tackle and a three technique that is held in, in somewhat high regard in this league, but they've got plenty of other issues and injuries around this team. Dante Fowler did not practice. Tack McKinley has been injured. Linebackers are, are injured. I mean, this group is depleted. And let's see the Bears come out and do what they've been doing in establishing that run game and continuing to set the basis and set the tone for this offensive scheme. As long as they continue to put up the same – sort of sort of a balanced offensive attack and rushing attack that we've seen with the their three-headed and sometimes getting Mitch involved. So a four-headed rushing attack, I really like their chances. And, and I love the way this offensive line has been playing through the first two weeks. We've definitely seen the growth and the continuity that I've always, that I'm always hitting on. And I think this offensive line is a great, so I want to see them come out and just bully this defensive line because they absolutely should be able to, I don't see any reason why, that the Mitch should be under pressure in the passing game. And I don't see any reason why this offensive line should not dominate in the run game. I want to see them get the, get this thing going. I want to see Devin Montgomery go over a hundred yards rushing this week. That'd be great. And it sounds like, you know, through the first 15, if Cameron was coached, you know, you'd be pounding the rock. What kind of, are there any off the top of your head, any specific, you know, run fits or, you know, run plays that you think would be really effective to kind of get the, the chains moving a little bit, get Mitch Trubisky comfortable and, Conversely, do you think Matt Nagy might be like smelling chum in the water and thinking that he can pull out, you know, this playbook that honestly Mitch Trubisky kind of can't run right now? I mean, if I'm if I'm out there, I'm trying to get I want to see David Montgomery come in and get the ball and and get the ball in a variety of ways early and often, and I want to see him hitting on some of these zone t on some of these zone concepts. I want to see double teams. I want to see my big strong offensive line, Jermaine Effetti and. And James Daniels, these guards who have been playing very well through these first weeks, getting on three techniques, getting on these down defensive linemen and getting to the second level. I've been watching a lot of film and seeing the, the definite improved play of James Daniels. I saw a play last week where he was getting not only blocking the down linemen and the double team, getting to the second level and then eventually getting to the third level. And that sort of thing is what I want to see continued. Just being aggressive, going at these guys, vertical run concepts, getting – this defense on their heels and, you know, spreading the ball around a little bit, getting the ball to Cordero in a situation that's best for him, getting the ball to Tariq in situations that are good for him, you know, getting the ball to James two, three, four times, or David, sorry, two, three, four times, and then they hit him with that play-action pass that I think uh, is, is going to be the, the backbreaker for this defense. So, you know, I just want to see him come out and establish that run game and, and let it set up everything else for this offense. And the play action so far has looked good because, oh, because we're running the football and we're running it effectively. How funny is it that those two go so nicely in tandem and you've noticed a lot more Trubisky under center, not so much in these RPO shotgun situations where now we're running the football and now he can play off that play action, see the field right away, you know, be able to roll out if he can. 
And this offensive lineman's like giving him more opportunities to hopefully see the field, which kind of dovetails into my second key of the game. And I'm calling this one B Rob, where we all know that the microscope is going to be on Allen Robinson. I think a lot of Bears fans are hoping that Allen Robinson gets going in this game. But again, I'm looking at who's going to fill that role on the other side of him in the field. You know, it was Darnell Mooney last week. Anthony Miller disappeared, catchless. And look, if we're talking about putting some points on the board and being a threat and making the Falcons and the rest of the league respect us, we need that secondary receiver. And look, this can be Jimmy Graham in this situation. I'm saying we just need somebody on the other side of Allen Robinson to have himself a real nice game. And hopefully we can take advantage of matchups because I know they're going to try and stop A-Rob. And hopefully we have to get some production on the other side of the ball when the ball's not being targeted towards number 12. That sort of consistency is essential. We know that there are certain parts of this offense that we want to be able to count on every week, you know, week after week, and, and go out there and, and just know that you can have that in your bag. And right now that looks like that's David Montgomery. That looks like that's the run game. We've seen – Allen Robinson at times. We've seen Anthony Miller at times. We've seen Darnell Mooney's been fairly consistent, but I think that's because he was a little bit under the radar. So teams are probably going to start to pick up on him a little bit more. But we haven't seen a ton of tight end play. Uh, we haven't seen, you know, just some of these guys. But we just need to have that consistency. You know, no one is asking um, our second and third receivers to go out there and, and have 100 receiving yards a game and score big touchdowns. But we just need to know that there's that second guy that you can go to when a team has a number one shutdown corner that – you know, maybe there's that other guy that they can go to that they can rely on. So, yeah, I, I think that's a great point. Who's it going to be this week? And sometimes that's okay. Sometimes it's okay if you have a multitude of guys who can step up in the absence of maybe another player or, you know, it just when they take away one thing, who's going to be next? But, we, you know, I don't know that Darnell Mooney or Anthony Miller are, have proven that they're consistent enough in that role as the number two guy. So who's it going to be? And you do have to be a little bit leery until we see it a little bit more consistently. And the promising part about this offense right now is, as you mentioned, there is a lot of guys to choose from. You know, I mentioned Mooney and Anthony Miller, and we mentioned Jimmy Graham as can possibly be one of these guys. I've really enjoyed Javon Wims so far this season. He has been like the version of Earl Bennett. I loved Earl Bennett where you play a whole game and then out of nowhere catches just a fantastic 15-yard pass on third down. And that's been Javon Wims. So you're right. It really can be anybody. Is it going to be Ted Ginn? Is it going to be activated this, this week? We shall see. But I just need somebody to produce from that side of the field. And hopefully that will also help us take some eyes off of A-Rob and kind of get him going. Because, look, we're going to need that to happen sooner or later. When Mitch does seem to be in trouble, A-Rob is his go-to guy. And we kind of want to get him to be starting to look away from that. It's not that you don't want him to, to focus on getting the ball to Allen Robinson, but we don't want to see him force the ball to Allen Robinson. That's when, you know, unproven quarterbacks start to make errors is when they think that they only have one place to go and only one guy that can make a play for him. We want to see some of these guys step up, you know, that you can count on them to make big plays in, in, in big situations and not force balls into situations that are end up going to be turning into turnovers. So if that, like we said, if that's Javon Wims or Darnell Mooney or Anthony Miller or Ted, uh, Ted Ginn or Jimmy Graham or Cole Komet, whoever it may be, you know, we just need to see those guys step up in that capacity and, and give our guy Mitch a couple more throwing options because A-Rob is not going to be able to get every single ball. What's your next cam key for a Bears win in week three? And I think this is the most important thing that the Bears can possibly do. And it's the one thing that they definitely haven't shown us so far this season. And that's play four full quarters. That doesn't mean that you have to play four perfect quarters. We just need to see the Bears playing in a winning capacity for the majority of four quarters. 
that is on both sides of the ball. That's in all three phases of the, of the game. That's just knowing that you can count on, on your guys to step up and, and make the right plays and, and really just perform for the entirety of the game. We've seen stretches where the defense has been there and stretch where the stretches where the defense hasn't. We've seen this run game look really good pretty consistently, but we've seen the passing game kind of, kind of disappear. We've seen good play calling and we've seen bad play calling. The Bears are 2-0, and and it's a very fortuitous 2-0. and But, like we said, they were very fortunate to be going in against not-so-great opponents. It's time that we start to put these things together, put these pieces together, and start to do it for a longer and more extended period. The Falcons are a better team and a good team to get some reps against, but they're also very beatable, as has been proven through two weeks. So, this is your test this week, Bears. This is this goes to Mitch Trubisky. This goes to the defense. This goes to the to our play callers. This is on everyone. Four full quarters. That's what us Bears fans are asking for. Yeah, and we're not asking for perfection. I think, like you mentioned, the stretches or the lulls on the field have been a little bit longer than I think Bears fans would like to see, and I don't think it leads to successful football. Now you can have a bad drive. You can have a three and out. You know, you can have situations where maybe you know you let a. a you know, a pop play on defense happened for 40, 45 yards, but the, the stretches and the amount of time that you allow that stuff to happen, I think is what we're looking for. And we have seen this, this team go up and down on both sides of the, it's like a seesaw with this team right now. And I think it is time that in week three, we start seeing, you know, an actual football team get through four quarters of football and perhaps just stay as close as they can to the baseline of who they are as, as, as possible. Yeah. I mean, to be two and oh, after playing, you know, two two games, eight quarters, but really only, I'd say, three quarters of truly good football, you know, and, and in those other five quarters, they weren't all average. Some of them were bad. Some of them were truly bad. And like, like I said, they're were, they were really lucky to be in this position. So this is the, the kind of thing you have to take advantage of. A lot of teams come out and play five out of their eight first quarters of, of mediocre to, to bad football. They're 0-2 and their seasons might be in the line, you know, they might be in must-win territory. The Bears are 2-0. and and so don't let this opportunity slip. You've been granted a couple, you know, a couple big ones. And, and it's, it's just, it's going to be hugely important that they come out and take advantage of this team. And, and, you know, they're catching a, a, a good team and a good week. There's a, there's a lot of injuries out there. It's a, it's a defense that can definitely be taken advantage of. And, you know, they have a strong offensive game, but we have a strong defense. So it's a, it's a good matchup. I, I think that the bears cannot let this opportunity slip through their fingertips and to be 3-0, and I mean, would just be huge for Chicago Bears fans. Big time, especially with some of the games that are coming up in the schedule. I mean, just look at what happened to the Detroit Lions. We know what happened week one. One quarter completely sank their week. And then the following week against the Packers, I believe they were up 14 to nothing in the first quarter. And by that second quarter, the wheels fell off. And, you know, that's what bad teams do. Those stretches of poor play extend themselves out, and then they get lost in these games. And a little bit of what you're talking about brings me to my final key of the game. And I'm just calling it field goals because on the side of the defense, I think one of the major things is we're going to give up some yards at times. That's the hallmark of a bears defense. But when it comes down to it, we really got to put the screws on them in the red zone. We got to hold this team to field goals. It's okay. If we're giving up points by the three, we can't be given up by, by the seven, no matter how our offense is playing. That's not how we should be playing football. Of course, I'm hoping that we also get three Matt Ryan interceptions too, as well. But, Holding them to field goals is going to be very important. Conversely, listen to me closely, Bears fans. We cannot miss a field goal in this game. We just can't. We do not have the luxury to miss a field goal. I don't care if it's from 65 yards or 32 yards. 
The Falcons are one of the worst red zone teams right now in the NFL. You know, Mitch Trubisky's been here and there so far in the red zone and traditionally throughout his career, he's kind of struggled in that area, which is why you'll see a lot of gimmicky gadget gadgety plays. I'm hoping we convert those into touchdowns, but at the same time, everyone's talking about keeping up with the Falcons through touchdowns. We can also score points through field goals. If we just keep coming at them and keep coming and coming, but we cannot miss field goals. If we miss a field goal in this game, I just have this terrible feeling. It's one of those things that's going to cost us. I think you're right about that. The Bears are the kind of team that offensively, they don't really have the luxury to ever miss on points. Whenever they have the chance to score, they need to. Their defense is going to keep them in games. Their offense has to put them over the top. And anytime that offense comes on the field, if they're in, if they're in you know, plus territory, if they have the opportunity to put points on the board, they must do so. And I think you're right, especially when you're playing a team like the Falcons who are known to put up 30, 40 points in a game. And so – yeah, definitely going to want to come out and take care of take care of all the little things. You got to cross the T's and dot the I's and make sure that when you get the ball into position to score, you do so and you cannot give this team any, you know, extra chances. On offense for the Bears, give me one player, one player to pick to click this week three. You've hit Darnell Mooney in the past. That was a great call. On offense, I think I might know where you're going based on our our past topics here of conversation, but who's the one player on the bears that you're thinking is going to click in week three. If we're talking about the bears against a weak defense in a weak defensive line, you got to go with David Montgomery and it may be the obvious pick and it may be the one that's, that's not exactly fun or, or out there, but I mean, David Montgomery has proven that he is a, a strong runner and he's got a strong offensive line and we're seeing a, a really bad defensive line for the Atlanta Falcons and a beat up. I mean, they're beat up all across their defense. Their linebackers have not played particularly well to this point. And if David Montgomery doesn't go over 100 yards rushing for this week, I'm going to be disappointed. Yeah. I was going to say he could be even get like 150 all purpose yards. I could see him using a lot of different ways. And, and the way that he looked last week, I think we are both on the same page that he deserves some more touches. I'm going to go for funsies. I'm going to go in a little different direction. I'm going to go Cordero Patterson. I'm going to go maybe perhaps in the special teams area. I do think that sometimes maybe bad defenses against a quarterback that they think that they can take advantage of. Maybe we'll sell out to one direction of the field. Maybe we can get a scheme going where we can get Patterson rolling on an end around, get him going in another direction for a big play. So I'm going to go quarter old Patterson. One more, I'm going to put you on the spot before we get to final score. We did it week one. Let's do it again. We didn't do it last week, but let's do it for week three. Give me the final line for Mitch Trubisky in week three. Mitch Trubisky is going to throw over 300 yards in this game. He's going to throw two touchdown passes. I'm liking all of this. He's going to throw two picks. Yeah. <laughs> in the first half or the second half, Cam Stradamus? One in each. One in each. By four equal quarters. Equal. Equal at all times. Yeah, I got the number 288 in my head, and I'm going to go three touchdowns, one interception. Bears-Falcons final score. What do you got for week three? I've thought long and hard about this, and the number's going to be a lot higher than normally is for Bears football because I think that it has to be for the Bears to win this one. And that's, you know, I'm going to go with the 2-0 team. I'm going to go with the team that's that's been winning these games and proven that they can win close ones even, even if they're not pretty. I'm going to go Bears 31. Uh, we're going to say Falcons 27. This is a game that scares me as a Bears fan. Very easily, Sunday night, we can be, you know, the sky could be falling, and we could have ourselves a situation where we're talking about a lot of things that went wrong instead of that went right. But you know what? The Bears are 2-0. and 
They are undefeated right now. So who am I to go against that grain right now until it is proved otherwise? I think the Bears go 3-0, and and I'm going to shock you right now. This is a Bears fan's pick. Gail Sayers, number 40, 40-27 to Bears. I just think, and look, I'm not thinking that's all coming from Mitch. I only got him throwing three touchdowns. So guess what, Matt Ryan? It's time for one of those classic three interception games, and maybe one of those goes back to the house. I'm thinking maybe on special teams we can get a fumble, get a short field that Trubisky can cash in on. I do love your pick of David Montgomery getting 150, 100, 150 all-purpose yards, maybe a score or two. And I think it is a combination of different ways that we can score. Maybe, oh, I don't know, maybe we make all of our field goals, kick three or four of them, and just keep you know putting points on the board, keeping the pressure on. And I like the Bears 40-27. to 27. Who would have thunk it? I don't think it's going to solve all of our problems, and the Bears will not have arrived on the NFL scene after this game. But I do think for this week, I think we could be in for an offensive, an offensive good time. There might be some entertainment. I guess, man, with this Falcons defense, anything is possible. It's early enough in the season, too, as well, where if they're not going in the right direction and they can't steer the ship with a banged-up defense, we could seriously take advantage of that, and it could turn into a situation very quickly where it starts caving in on the Falcons, and this is what's happened to them so far this season. That script could continue. I mean, just remember that Tampa Bay game? I, like, I was like one of those like, guys on that roller coaster where they go up and they pass out and they wake up and then they scream and then they pass out again. I mean, that game was out of control. We scored... We scored just nonstop, you know, and we've seen it at times. Trubby against the Cowboys last year also ripped him up pretty good. It can happen. We know Trubisky can find it as fast as he can lose it, and this is an opportunity that's favorable for him. There definitely are advantages and, and opportunities to take, you know, I guess, opportunities to take advantage of, and let's see if, if uh, he can go out there and execute and pull this thing off. It can happen. We just got to believe, my friend. Real quick before we get you out of here, I wanted to ask you about this because I'm watching it and I'm loving it. You watch Cobra Kai. Let me say this. There, is, uh, there are a lot of shows that are, are reboots or kind of you know, callbacks to, to another show from a while ago or a movie. And most of the time, the new one, the reboot, whatever, is oftentimes very corny. And this is no different. There's a lot of corn dog in the Cobra Kai, but I'm here for it because they, they do a very good job of balancing the corn dog and the nostalgia with like some pretty solid like storytelling by like the crossing of paths and the intermingling of characters, not to mention like some pretty badass fight sequences. Like I, but you know, I mean, it's terribly corny. Just the thought of like all these people in, you know, out in LA just doing karate all the time. You know, just like, oh, I don't like the way you're talking to me. Let's do karate. And, like, sure, that's hella goofy. But at the same time, <laughs> the, the fight's pretty good. And the storytelling is, is good. And it allows you to sort of pass off on some of the, of the goofiness and the nostalgia of it. And it's, it's charming. I'm, I am two thumbs up on the Cobra Kai. The karate choreography has been such a surprise and a total delight. I'm super, I'm super into that. And also I've really enjoyed, like you said, they've taken a villain, a classic, you know, a cookie cutter eighties villain, and they kind of made him goofy, you know, and they've almost like made you feel sorry for him while he's still trying to live this, you know, this badass life that you don't agree with at all, but yet you're still kind of enjoying the ride and sort of kind of hoping that he finds peace somehow. I think it's really cool the way they've taken like such a 1980s theme and kind of these ideas of 
who's the cool guy and who's the bad guy and, and all these sort of concepts and tropes that we've become accustomed to. They just flip the script and they make you like realize that everyone's a person and like these characters that were very one dimensional in 1980, such as uh, Johnny Lawrence played by Billy Zabka. And all of a sudden in like 2020, he's like this deep person who has like real feelings and they show you like his background and all of a sudden you're like, Oh, maybe Johnny Lawrence wasn't such a bad guy. And there's all those, that internet, you know, conspiracy theory that all along Daniel was the bad guy and Johnny Lawrence was the good guy. And they just like really play off of that. But they, I mean, they, they really write the story out really well and makes you think a lot. And I think they just do a really good job of kind of proving and, and showing that no one's ever like good and bad. It's really just a matter of your circumstances and depending on your viewpoint and, and where you stand on a situation. I mean, like I said, there's, there's no good and bad. It's just where, where you're at. And no, I, I don't know. After two whole seasons, I might be team Johnny Lawrence. It really does this grounded, this grounded gray area of right and wrong. And then real life isn't always good guys versus bad guys. And they, they, they bake in all the old callbacks in with, with this comedic uh, fun kind of sense of humor to it, which is really cool. My question for you though, is Mitch Trubisky comes to you and you have to send him to one dojo. Are you sending Mitch Trubisky to Cobra Kai's No Mercy? Are you sending him to Miyagi Dojo, which is all about balance? What do you think he needs the most of right now heading into week three? Most important question you can answer. I think there are a lot of quarterbacks out there that I would send to Miyagi-Do because Miyagi-Do sort of seems to fit the quarterback persona, if you will, and having like this total life balance and being in control and being respectful and responsible and all of those things. But truthfully, I don't think that's what the Bears need, and I don't think that's what Mr. Trubisky needs. What the Bears need right now is a leader, and they need a badass, and they need someone who's going to show up on a on a Dodge Challenger and and you know tear up the fifty yard line at at uh, wherever the what's the name of the Falcon the Falcon Stadium down in Atlanta. So I mean, I, that's what I want. And you know, Johnny Lawrence, he for all of his faults and for all of his flaws. He's he's pretty badass, man. He he really is. And when you get past those luscious blonde locks and you know those goofy nineteen eighties eyes, and you just kind of, I mean, this guy this guy's a tough guy. And and we need a little bit of fire. We need a little bit of, bit of grit. And that's what I'm looking for right now in my leader. And that's what I'm looking for from Mitch Trubisky. I was thinking at first, you know, Miyagi Dojo. You're right. Like he needs balance because he's got to work on his mechanics. Got to work on that. You know how the how the whole thing in the works in the pocket. But then I was like, you know what? He needs some Cobra Kai. He needs to get in that dojo and stand there. And Johnny Lawrence walks right up to him and he's like, who are you? And he's like, I'm the number two pick. He's like, I don't know what that means. And he's like, I'm the number two overall pick in the NFL. And he's like, nobody cares. And just walks away. You know what I mean? Someone just sort of strip him down from all the expectations and the pressure that he puts on himself and learns that he has to go out there and he's got to strike first in his career. And I think that's what he needs right now. Yeah, I mean, and, and so you can have all the balance and all the respect and all the honor in the world that you want, but if you don't have sort of that swagger and bravado to, to match it, then I'm not sure that it's really worth anything. I would rather have a guy who is completely self-assured and, you know, go out there and just kind of rock it, you know, and, and just just go out there and chuck it up and see what happens and and maybe make some plays and maybe make some mistakes. Kind of play like a little Philip Rivers ball, if you will, you know? I don't know if, like, Philip Rivers, then I don't know who's who's the most conservative and calm but plays very efficient football. I want to I have the guy on this team that that is going to, 
you know, like they've, they've got the running game. They've got that part. To me, that's sort of the – that's the Miyagi-Do of this. Let's see the guy that's going to go out there and sling it. You know, just sling the ball a little bit. If there's little, a season three of Cobra Kai, Phil oh Rivers God. would make a great, like, new dojo competition uh, sensei guy. Uh, just yelling and screaming but not cursing at the same time. Like, a goody two-shoes uh, uh, fire, fire, fire brand. And it's funny because – I think Trubisky needs Cobra Kai, but but Cutler probably needed Miyagi Do. That's that is totally correct. Cutler needed someone to rein him in, you know. <laughs> Miyagi Do would have been perfect. You you go in there and you, you get cigarette ashes getting on the bonsai trees as he's like trimming it. And he's yeah, he's teaching him. He's teaching him about discipline and and about you know how to how to be respectful and and cut Cutty's you know Cutty could have used all of that. Bears-Falcons week three coming up this Sunday. Cameron's got Bears winning 31-27. I got Bears winning 40-27. Let's see what happens. Let's see if we're right. Either way, thank you so much for listening to the pod. We're coming back Sunday night with a post game that will be up early Monday morning, so make sure you check that out. Cameron, take us home. Another great pod and hopefully a Bears victory week. Make sure you guys check us out. Make sure you subscribe, like, share it on Twitter, Facebook, wherever you get your podcast. Do all that stuff. And uh, bear down. You have been listening to the Believe in Bears podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 